Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. And I'm Zach McCoy. And it is your boy, Trav. And we are your Oscar Grouches. And welcome back to the Oscar City Podcast Thursday show, Thursday, where we discuss, uh, not discuss, where we take a look at the oeuvre of a Oscar winner and knower of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. And Zach, what are we watching this week? This week. Scorsese? Buscemi? Buscemi? Scorsese? It's gritty Atlantic City, and Marty is directing the pilot episode of Boardwalk Empire, a show that he also serves as an executive producer. Excellent. Is this everybody's first time watching this? It is mine. Amazingly, yes, even though I've wanted to forever. Uh, big no for me. Have you uh, seen the whole show? I've, I've watched every single episode of the show. Beautiful. Um... Before we like get super into this, though, I want to ask right off the bat, how the fuck did Mark Wahlberg come on as an executive producer? He was, you know, they, he was already doing uh, Entourage for HBO okay, right. when this premiered. And, uh, you know, he and Scorsese had already had just done um, Departed together. So. But what's he bringing to the table? Name recognition. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just wants to be, he just wants to stay in the Scorsese business. <laughs> yeah, I just always find it weird when an actor is an executive producer on a show they're not in. Cause then I'm just like, well, then what did they, what did they bring to the table as yeah. far as maybe he literally sits at a table and they talk about things and yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It, I does, like that. it does enough to Mark Wahlberg just agrees with Martin Scorsese, you know, for, for an hour. And then it's like, he's an executive producer. What I do. <laughs> they mm. need to start adding your name to the list then yes please Dude. yeah uh, but all right yeah that's it so, yeah. yeah uh yeah so i watched this i watched this episode when it premiered mm-hmm. uh i had been a a big a, a big fan of the sopranos before this mm-hmm. and you know steve Bashimi is in what the third or fourth season of the sopranos is tony's cousin tony mm-hmm. and <laughs> Uh, it just felt like a a natural evolution from that character to this one. And, oh, man, I got to check this out. And Scorsese's directing. All right. Hell yeah. So. Um, something else I read up on, too, was that Martin was involved in. He watched every daily up until the last season. That's how involved he was in this show. So. Ooh, okay. Nice. Man pretty much had his fingerprints all over it until that last season. Why he's not on it that much in the last season, I don't know what was going on in 2014 or, you know, what that case may be or he didn't care anymore. I don't know, but. Yeah, I mean, probably just busy. Life happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know about him looking at the Daily, so that's pretty sweet. It makes me, I was, I was always going to watch this show. Um, but it just encourages me even more to get to it. Especially considering, I'll just say it, this episode kicks ass. Oh, yeah. This episode kicks so much ass. Oh, yeah, and you could tell. And Scorsese written all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's doing a lot of his tricks, and I love that. Beautiful camera work, as always. You know, you've got the stylized but realistic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you even got, you know, the way he uses music, he's just using age appropriate yep. music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I, uh, 
know, I always recognized Kelly McDonald, but I'd I'd forgot that she was the voice of Merida until like oh. <laughs> I heard her talking in this, and I was like, oh, oh mm-hmm. yeah, there's that accent. She's so good. Um, yeah, I, I mean the whole the whole show stacked. Yeah, you yeah. know what's Top it called? Bottom. When I got to see um, was it Michael Williams? His name? Oh yeah, yeah, Michael, Michael K. Michael Williams, K. Williams. Yeah, Michael K. Williams. I was just immediately like, damn, rest in peace, Michael K. Williams. Yeah, yeah. and he's not even in this episode. Well, he was there for like a second. Yeah, he was. He was in this episode, dude. I must have looked away for that okay, one second. Yeah, I, yeah, he was just like outside Nucky's office. Like, I'm glad Zach just said something because you threw me through a loop. But I was like, what do you mean? Like, then how the hell did I see him in the show? I've only seen yeah, one episode. I, I must have. I must have been looking at okay something else for a moment because uh, yeah. he he plays a much bigger role later down in the show, and I gotcha. I'm going to try not to do this too much in the in the episode where right right. It's really weird knowing where all these characters go, and I haven't seen this episode since. So you didn't watch this episode? Uh, this week? He, yeah, I watched it this week. He oh, just okay. looked away. He's okay. looked away for a second. Yeah, he was literally, it's just like three seconds. He's like, tell Nucky I need to see him, and then yeah, yeah. they moved on. <laughs> but you're, obviously he plays a bigger role later on down the line, which I'm assuming, you know, if yeah. you bring him in. But yeah, Steve yeah. Buscemi is so good, man. He's you so know? good in this. Um, I still got to thank Adam Sandler for giving him a career to where we really know Steve Buscemi. Like, because at the end of the day, that's really what he's known for is being in Adam Sandler movies, you know, regardless that, of how good he is. That are, uh, God, so so there's there's really three people who who continue putting him on throughout the late 90s because the man who gives him a career is Tarantino. Yeah. When he's in Reservoir Dogs. But but Sandler, the Cohen brothers, and Michael Bay mm. love <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Well, everybody should love Steve Buscemi. They should, but those 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 three four people <laughs> uh specifically are just like, hey, we're doing something. Where can we fit Steve Buscemi into this? Yeah. Mm. I mean like Tarantino even has him as the like background buddy Holly waiter in Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, yeah. I always forget <laughs> that's him. How about you, Peggy Sue? I don't know if y'all um did y'all watch Miracle Workers on TBS? I haven't. Okay. It's, it's another thing that's on my list. I've seen, you know, Bro, it, commercials that look so it's funny. so good, dude. And Daniel Radcliffe's another one. Like he's mm. completely shook. He like him and Robert Pattinson. They've completely shook the the character that you know him for, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The- but yeah, he plays God in Miracle Workers, and he's so good. Like I feel like when you think of God, there's really one actor you think of, and that's uh, Morgan Freeman. You know what I mean? Just because he has the voice and Bruce Almighty and stuff. But damn it, Steve Buscemi's a hell of a god in Miracle Workers. <laughs> uh, uh, the god I always think of is uh, is uh, Alanis Morissette from Dogma. Yeah. <laughs> like when you said god, and actually the one that came to my head is, uh, uh, you know, who? Alanis Morissette. You know, with her. She just dropped a new record this week. Oh, really? She? I have not I listened not to it yet. I'll listen to it. Yeah, listen well, to it by the time this episode comes out. 
<laughs> um, it's a diff. I know she changed, dude. It's weird. A lot of people change their styles. You know, everybody's seen on the internet. Drake put out a house dance record <laughs> instead of a you know quote unquote hip hop. But yeah, it's it's labeled under new age. So I was interested okay. in like, what does that sound like? You know, I don't. Has New Age changed, you know, since... Uh, since Enya and whatnot. Seal and Enya, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, I'm interested to see what uh, Alanis Morissette sounds like doing New Age music. Yeah. Is that Return to Innocence song? Return to Innocence. I, 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 I. <laughs> Absolutely. <sighs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So this show is uh pops off pretty fast. Oh yeah, like you get yeah. into it, you're like right in the thick of it immediately. Into the thick of it. And then um <laughs> So I, I have a question randomly like before I forget to ask. Um when he's walking past that window looking at those babies, are they suffering from like fetal alcohol syndrome? Is that what we were looking at there? I Or is there something else? I I mean they're obviously premature. Right, right. So, so fetal alcohol syndrome with the themes of the the show right. make the most sense. But I don't know. Also, were they selling incubators out of the store for people at home? Like, that's the impression I got when he goes up to the shop window. Uh, and he's right. looking at the baby and he's feeling whatever he's feeling. But, dude... I could have sworn on the window it says incubators for sale or something like that. And and I was like, holy fuck, do they used to just sell incubators? Yeah. Now, <laughs> they're incubators and our incubators nowadays. I, this was pretty much just a cabinet they put a baby in. <laughs> it's like a chicken coop. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, <laughs> it still blows my mind that it's like, yeah, we got to get an incubator for the baby. Run on down, you know, on Broad Street, pick one up on the way home. Wild times. Okay, so let me ask you then, Paul, since you know, okay. you've, you've seen a lot of this series, and specifically the first season, what what is this episode setting up for the theme of the show outside of running illegal activity to make money off of prohibition alcohol? Like, that aside, what is the theme of the show that they're putting in place here? I mean, it it's a lot of the same old gangland power struggle kind of stuff. And you're you're pretty much watching the birth of the mob. Yeah, uh, I, I really love the uh, Lucky Luciano and uh, Al Capone tie-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I was real shocked watching this for the first time. In like as soon as Capone shows up, I was like, "Wow, why does that guy look so much like Al Capone?" Oh, he is Al Capone. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the spot on for the actors. Yeah, and that dude's a that dude's a Guy Ritchie actor too. Mm. Guy Ritchie, was... the director of the live action Hercules that's coming out, sir. That <laughs> yes. guy Ritchie. That guy Ritchie. because uh, he was he was um Statham's right hand man in the movie Snatch. Mm. Oh yeah. I think him and Statham got another one coming out at the end of this year, right? I believe I know they put out Wrath of Men. They last they had year. A, I was going to say they had one earlier this year that had um it maybe it, it came out in the UK already I'm not sure if it came out here but it had uh Josh Hartnett in it. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, he was also in Wrath of Men. Mm. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. Maybe. I thought it was something else. Um, yeah, so you're you're just essentially watching corruption and greed. and It doesn't stray too far from what you're used to seeing with mob-related things. It's just, hey, this one's in the 20s and is about the start of Prohibition. And, you know, they say behind every every fortune is a crime. And mm-hmm. most of those fortunes were born during this time. Yeah, man. It, I always get excited every time I get to see Michael Pitt. And something, I don't know. I'm, right? He looks like he's a main character in the show. So, I yeah. mean, I don't know. He might get killed off later on. It's a gangster movie, so who knows. But I saw him during COVID. He was in Lisey's story. Um, okay. What's it called? Uh, who's the, um, from Children of Men? What's uh, his Clive name? Owen. Clive Owen. Clive Owen and who's the girl? The actress. Uh, which actress? The the, the one lead. he's protecting? The one until, you know, she dies. Julianne Moore. His ex-wife. Thank you. And Julianne okay. Moore. And, like, they reunite to do this show, Lisey's Story. It's a Stephen King novel okay. or whatever on Apple TV. Um, but he was in it. And, like, he was so good. And I was just like, dude, he's so good. He's so underrated. Like, how he is not in more stuff is beyond me. Because he was incredible in this first episode. Yeah, and you know, and like the first thing I remember seeing him in was the movie Murder by Numbers mm-hmm. with Sandra Bullock, and he's incredible that in that. And then okay. the next thing I remember him from was playing the lover in uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Okay, which is an incredible movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I've been a big fan of his for a long time, and when he popped up in this show, I was real happy to see him and. I just don't feel like I've seen him in Yeah, I anything. feel like he should be in more Scorsese stuff. I feel like he would be a good Scorsese piece. Yeah, he he could fit into just about anything. That's what she and said. That, who is this she, and why does she say these things? She's saying a lot of stuff. That's all I know. She says so much. <laughs> I, um, you know, I'm a big uh, Michael Shannon fan, and I mm-hmm. hear that this, uh, you know, gets to really show off in this show from what I've understood. Yeah, his character takes some weird turns. Uh, it's around, I think, next year, after the year after this is when Take Shelter came out, and that, like, he was at the height of his powers, I feel like. So yeah, I, because he really kind of blew up after Revolutionary Road and getting that uh, the Oscar nomination for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, he'd been in a bunch of stuff, but he was always just kind of in the background and right. suddenly, you know, Oh shit, this guy's really good. Oh, right. oh wait, that guy's that good. <laughs> yeah. There was, um, one of the main guys and I can't remember who he is specifically now, but I thought it was John Hamm at first. Cause he looked just like John <laughs> Hamm. Mm. Looking at the cast here and I was, not no servings of ham in this that I know of. Unfortunately, not because I I love me a good serving of some John Ham. Looking at some notes, some upsetting notes. Unfortunately, like I I didn't know much about Paz, uh, Paz de la Huerta. Hmm. Apparently, she went through some shit. Um, between what you mean, like, on this show. Well, between the seasons one and two, and. I don't know. I don't even know if I should mention it, but people can. 
Well, you you brought it up now. Yeah, yeah, I got to. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like it says during the shooting of season one, um, she was raped by Harvey Weinstein. During during uh, the season during season one, and she fell into depression and alcoholism during season two. And so I was going to comment on how much I liked her character and how hot she was, but now it just feels she, gross. Right? No, but she. I mean, that's you know besides the point. She was incredibly hot in this like it just is what it is damn you steve buscemi winning again my <laughs> <Yeah>. god <laughs> yeah. uh, no but yeah no i i didn't know she was one of the women that i don't really know too much about her you know yeah. i don't, I don't I love, feel like i see her anything yeah i you know she doesn't do much after this unfortunately oh now we know why yeah yeah i love a good uh toxic character who uh oh absolutely I mean, I, I don't know if she goes that way. I mean, she's not entirely toxic. She just wants to fuck and things keep ha- getting in the way. <laughs> things keep getting in the way. Yeah. <laughs> True. The, I don't know who plays the... I don't know if it's his butler or... Yeah, it's, it's, he's, what he's just him. like his, his... His concierge. Yeah, his man-in-waiting. He, <laughs> he's great, But though. that guy's definitely annoying. For sure, you know, I I understand. I was frustrated, and I wasn't even trying to get fucked. So, you know, I could de- totally understand, you know, how frustrating it must be for them. Yeah. So yeah, oh, I'm looking at the cast list. I'm trying not to spoil myself. Jeffrey Wright shows up on this show, dude. I was oh, so yeah. I wasn't that and Charlie Cox. Unless yeah, and, I don't yeah. didn't recognize him in the first episode, he wasn't in it, right? No, no, he doesn't okay. show up till a little bit later in a, a couple seasons from now. I don't think he. I think he's only in the third and fourth seasons. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I loved him on this show. His character's awesome. So when he got when he got announced for uh for Daredevil, I was like, yes, that guy's gonna be amazing. And he is. Oh yeah. And he and he was yeah, and is and will be again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dabney Coleman showing up. Yeah. There at the end. You know, this show, um, you know, we talked about uh, Marty has made a handful of films that are kind of the antithesis of The Godfather. But this, there's a lot of scenes that give me, you know, Godfather vibes. Maybe it's just because of the the time period, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially like, you know, when they're on the boats and stuff. It's like, reminds me a lot of Godfather 2. Yeah, you know, and it's that, the one scene later when, when Jimmy's, kind of hiding out for stealing all the alcohol from right. uh Rothstein. Mm-hmm. And he's like he's like, what? You want like the diamonds and all that and fancy suits? He's like, yeah, that's what we all want. Yep. Like, yeah, that, that really gives you that Godfather vibe where it's like, yeah, we're we're here to be respectable looking at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's insane wealth back then versus wealth now. Yeah. Um because these guys are like insanely rich. So every time they talk about doing something, they brought up, you know, uh, you know, $3 million or $10 million or whatever it is. And when I would like look up what that would be now and could, would see how much money that was now, I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. Like these guys were making serious money. Yeah. Yeah. And like when, Michael Stuhlbarg, 
uh, Rothstein wins that like ninety thousand dollars. Uh huh. Like how many millions is that now? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Crazy. Like it sounds like nothing to us, but ninety thousand then must have been yeah. like. When I looked up like inflation, the the value of the dollar from like nineteen twenty to twenty twenty when I looked up went down like one thousand and twenty percent or something Just crazy. Ridiculous. So like that's negative. That's negative that's yeah. negative dollars right there. That it somehow went down crazy. I was thinking that I was thinking of that scene from was it Austin Powers three when they go back in time? Mm-hmm. And and they're holding the president, or they're they're talking uh-huh. to uh, yeah, Tim yeah. Robbins as the president. They're like, "We want one billion dollars." They all just start laughing, laughing. at him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. But yeah, no. This definitely, I was like, okay, I'm I'm watching this show now because now I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, especially yeah. since I found out Mark Wahlberg is an executive producer. <laughs> you know, I'm in. I'm in now. How, how could you miss it at this point? <laughs> Seals the deal. That's right. Uh, so, but no, I really don't have anything else to say besides it was just incredibly shot. I don't know if they even announced like who's shooting these because it's going to obviously vary. It's a television show, so right. They're not going to bring in the same people to shoot every single episode, just like they don't have the same directors. But, man, I don't know who Marty brought in for that pilot, but the fact... Yeah, it has its own page here, so I'm looking at it. Okay, yeah, yeah. bring up that page then. And that's that's pretty much what I was going to say, is the fact that... They spent $18 million on this pilot. It is wild. And most of that goes to building the fucking set. set? That, right. that, because that boardwalk is all built. Dude, it That's is. crazy. It's um, gorgeous. The time frame, the car. I don't know. How do they get cars? You know, like, when they when they do these pieces like this. There, there are people who just rebuild old cars for Hollywood. And so, like, my dad is in a... Uh, is in a Facebook Volkswagen thing group mm-hmm. because he and I own a Volkswagen thing. And like every now and then a thing will pop up in something and a Super Bowl. There was, there was a couple in some Super Bowl commercials. There's, there's one that showed up in a couple episodes of uh, this season of stranger things. Right. Mm-hmm. And people will just post a picture of those things into this group. And they're like, Hey, Look at this Volkswagen thing I saw. Right. And then somebody in the group will just go, yeah, that one's mine. And then yes. they'll show pictures of themselves with that thing. And you're just like, what the fuck? And I've, I've seen, you know, the, obviously the restoration of the older vehicles. A lot of them, honestly, is like from the, you know, 30s, 40s, and 50s. I just never really see like these original kind of like cars, yeah. you know, too often. Yeah. So and, and there's it's, just it's pretty crazy. There's just people out there that are. They're doing that. Uh, the cinematographer on this okay. is Stuart Dryberg. Okay. Uh, who worked a lot with Jane Campion, shot the piano. Okay. Shot uh, Lone Star, shot. Uh, not the band. No, not the band. Oh, okay. All right. Um, he shot. Okay. We're going to go into some weird stuff. <laughs> Aeon here. Flux. Aeon Flux. He did Analyze This. I love Runaway Bride. Movies. 
Runaway Bride. Bridget Jones's Diary. I love that movie. That's a great movie. <laughs> um, uh, Nims Island. Wow. Kate, Kate <laughs> wow, I know, hold on, bro. We you you can't just say Nims Island and then just scroll past it like. <laughs> <laughs> I let it hang there for a second. Wow, is this the Julie Taymor film? Uh, he shot Julie Taymor's uh, The Tempest, which is wild. Okay, I've never seen that. Ooh, the Ray Bradbury Theater, nice. Oh, I like Ray Bradbury Theater. Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, he did he did the Great Wall. So Zhang Yimou's also working with him. Oh, sweet. And but you're saying this guy's on it. He's yeah, got a hell this, of a career. This this dude is no slouch. I wonder if he shot Return to Nim's Island. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I didn't see it on the list. Yeah, I'm not seeing it here either. He did the uh, yeah. he did the pilot for Luck, which was that David Milch series starring Dustin Hoffman that killed all those horses. No clue. Okay, so David Milch, who's the guy who created um, Son of a Bitch. I can't believe this just dropped out of my head. Uh, Deadwood. The guy who created Deadwood and John from Cincinnati created a a show about horse racing starring Dustin Hoffman. And this is when? This was 2011. (laughs) So he creates this show and because of the intense horse racing scenes. Okay. Horses like horses were just breaking their legs, but they were Shit. more intense than actual horse racing because they have you you know you have to shoot scenes over and over again. So they're wow. probably just running horse. I I don't Ugh. know all the details. All okay. I know is a bunch of horses died while making this show, and they Shit. canceled the show because of it. Well, humane society cannot approve that. I mean, I, I would assume there's laws that you that would prevent that from happening you know not saying that those laws weren't broken but yeah. which is yeah that's why i have normally... to assume they were i just know that like after the show came out like all these all these things came out they were like hey bunch of horses died we'll make it this oh so the show did come out it did come out but got canceled yeah michael mann directed the pilot you're lying oh, wow. okay i am not lying now michael, was that an michael episode mann where horses, horses died i don't know I hope not. That would really crush me. That would crush me. I love Michael Mann. It looks like the person who edited this episode, Sidney Walensky, was the editor on The Sopranos. Also edited uh, Shape of Water later on. Oh. So we'll talk about All him favorite again. Movie? Hmm? Don't you like Shape of Water? I love Shape of Water. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Spoiler alert. Big fan. <laughs> Why is that a spoiler alert? <laughs> Because it won Best Picture. One Best Picture. We oh, God, it did. You're right. Damn. But that, that's only me saying that I love that movie. Yeah. I, have, I haven't rewatched haven't it in it. a few years. And right. you don't I know just, what's sitting on my list. Well, yeah. you know, I was doing my Del Toro letterbox thing, so I just watched it a couple months ago. And honestly, it might be even better than I remember. Just to be, I yeah. forgot how fucking really mm. good Sally Hawkins is. Oh no, she's yeah. so good. Oh yeah. Shit, well, you know, yeah. I haven't seen I haven't seen um uh what's it called? Paddington in a while. So you know. Mm. Oh yeah, she's wonderful in both of those. You should also see the film Happy Go Lucky. She's Happy really good in that. Okay. Yeah. We chatted about that a bit mm-hmm. a while back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I yeah. and uh out. so Terrence Winter, who created this, we'll we'll be talking about him again on this show. 
a couple of times. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. He was a he was a writer for the Sopranos, and uh, again, like I said, this just felt like the natural progression from the Sopranos, and Terrence uh-huh. Winter is a a big part of that. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at one of his pictures. He just he looks like. Yeah, this is a guy. He he knows the mob stuff. So yeah, he, he, he's got the hand. He kind of looks like um, Michael Keaton a little bit. Oh, yeah, kind of a, a little heavier set, Michael Keaton. Uh-huh. I could see that. Buy that for a dollar. <laughs> hey, it's Terrence Winter. I'm here at <laughs> the Oscar Worship Podcast, their Stacey uh, show. I kind of want to do the South Park Canadian mouth thing with him. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> But no, I'm I'm definitely gonna watch this show. So and that that's that there. Check it out. Bushimi is the man. Yeah. Yeah. Give us uh give us some updates. Ride him cowboy. Yeah. (laughs) Stop with the cowboy cowboy. shit. (laughs) Turn me off. Yeah, you know (laughs) we already know who was riding that cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I just found a picture on the uh the IMDB of Martin Scorsese in front of the uh in front of the incubators. Oh, I thought you were going to say in front of them fucking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will now look for that. <laughs> It'll be funny. Uh, yeah, gr- yeah. grab your tits. Grab your tits while you're riding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Okay. Let's get to our worst seat judgment. Trav. Yeah. This is sitting on your Thursdaysy rankings. All right. So, you know, your boy, um, I watched it. I immediately went to go rank it. Uh, had a little bit of a debacle, but we got it handled. God and uh, I gave it a four star. You know, I thought it was a really, really good episode. But again, it's just, it's the setup, you know, so I really couldn't give it anything more than the four star because there's, you know, it was just the appetizer. So I have it sitting at my 14th spot, right under bringing out the dead, but right in front of, uh, what do we call it? Kundun? Kundun? Yeah, Kundun. Kundun. Excellent. Zach, where's it sitting on your Thursday rankings? So I, um, I hear what Travis is saying, and I totally respect that. I'm going to uh, be in advance generous and assume that the work of this pilot episode has set the tone and it's important in the way the show goes. Mm-hmm. And I am going to give it four and a half stars and sit it at my number 11 in between last temptation of Christ and uh, king of comedy. So number 11, four and a half. Uh, you know, if it were, if it were a film that was, you know, an hour longer with a complete plot, Right. I, I probably could have given it a five star rating because there's there's nothing nothing wrong with it. Oh yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Oh, how about you, Mister Workman? Oh uh, uh, well, Tramp said that this was the appetizer, and you know sometimes sometimes the appetizer is my favorite part of a meal. <laughs> I love a good appetizer. In fact, I love a good tapas restaurant. Just <laughs> eat a bunch of appetizers. Oh, I hear that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, I did give this five stars and, and maybe that's, 
maybe that's just watching this show and knowing where it goes and right, what right. it does set up and mm-hmm. how much I I fell in love with so many of these characters and uh, yeah yeah knowing knowing who else is to show up in later seasons oh god this show's so good I love this show so much I don't think there's yeah. a wasted episode um and- go on. I was just going to say, I think my reasoning behind also doing the four was because I'm also looking at my list and I'm being like, I really like this episode, but I didn't like it more than these other movies. Right. So I can't rank it higher or even at the same level as some of those movies, but still put it over. Like, I can't rank it the same as The Aviator because I really love The Aviator a lot more than I love this episode. So that's just kind of where my thought process was in giving it the four stars. Yeah. Yeah. That, and again, same with me. And again, I, I'm the only one of the three of us who has seen. Mm-hmm. Right. Where this not goes. just, not just more yeah, episodes, but the whole show. So maybe I just have too much gift of foresight. Well, give but us that foresight. I gave it five. Foreskin. It's sitting at my number 10. And nice. I love yeah. this. I, I thought this was a really strong first episode, especially, uh, you know, the way some first episodes go. Right. Not right. always, not always a great launching point. And no, I thought definitely not a great launching point. Some shows you got to tell somebody, you know, give it four or five episodes and you'll be hooked. You know, yeah. this is not one of them. Right. No, I, I think, I think if you're not on board on this episode, you, you might as well just stop watching. Cause I hear it, that. It while while there is a lot more depth to be had, you're not gonna the tone doesn't change. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there's some shows where it's like, hey, maybe maybe the writers kind of hit a groove at like episode six or seven. Right. And they they ride that groove and the tone kind of softens or hardens or does whatever There's the opposite of, of what it was harding doing. in this episode. that's right mm-hmm. warren warren g harding um <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah so i i think this i think this is a very good representation of the tone of the show from get-go did you say what it was between the get-go oh i have it, it under after hours and above the last waltz okay all, all right. right. I do want to make one more note, though, before we go out. Okay. Um, I totally forgot to mention this last week, but I had to retcon my ranking for Made in Milan because after I really thought about it, I had to go back and change my rankings. And I, I changed it from a three star to a one star and put Ooh. it Ooh. down at number 43. So, and I just, I'm just saying it now to make note of it. So. Not that anybody would, but I don't need anybody looking at my letterbox to be like, but he said on the show. <laughs> letting you know now. That's yeah, right. I changed so, it. Be warned. You know, <laughs> I, I might end up doing the same because I'm looking at my list and I had Cannonball under Made in Milan. I'm like, I, I like Cannonball more. So what am I doing? I had it above some stuff. And after I really thought about it, even though those stuff weren't my favorite, it definitely wasn't as shitty as that. So I, yeah, I, I had I, to change it. I got it down at my number 47. Still, so it is dredging the the bottom of the barrel dredging all right we're gonna call this there travel let people know where they can find you on the media's social that is right i am on the instagram as zk audio i'm also on the twitter at t-r-a-v-i-o-s-z-k where i'm also on letterbox as you know 
I am. What am I? What is my saying? I am ranking, ranking and, and rating, rating my daily my daily movie watches. watches. <laughs> and honestly, man, I really didn't watch a whole. Well, I lie, but I did <laughs> watch. A lot, I did watch a lot of movies this week, but most notably, I was catching up on some TV shows, and you know, um, yeah, I saw some good ones. I saw the Essex Serpent, the new um. Claire Danes and Tom Hiddleston show. And it's a quick watch. It's only six episodes. And it was it was a decent show. It's worth a watch. Nice. Tom Hiddleston, man, that voice. It's a sexy voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, only Lovers Left Alive is my favorite movie of his. Really? Yes. Okay. I need to see that. It's Zach, you're going to love it. Yeah. Okay. It's Tram- a really good movie. I love that film. It's up there. I just can't say it's better than um, the Del Toro. Um, oh, Crimson Peak. Thank you, Crimson Peak. That that is a good film. And he's just so good in it. God, yeah. I mean, all three of them are yeah, so fucking that is, good. That is, it, yeah, good stuff. All right, Zach. Where can people find you on the media social? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok at House Havoc, Letterbox by searching my name. And Mr. Workman. You can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I am keeping a running tally of all the films I watch. And I just did not do a lot of... I Unlike Trav, I am not lying. I did not watch a lot of films this week. But I did watch Chicken Hair and the Hamster of Darkness oh, on yeah, Netflix. Right. That was a sweet little film. It was nice. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, cool. it's not extraordinary or too exceptional, but it, it's got a, a nice story. Real straightforward, uh, and I like the chicken hair. I think he's he's a good character. Yeah, the, another cool thing about that show is that it's not filled with a bunch of stars already. It's really good voice actors. A lot of them are anime mm-hmm. voice actors, you know, that we've had on our personal podcast. Um, yeah. The voice and- like Kyle Haybear's in it, the voice of Gohan, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like... It's got anime and cartoon voice actors and not Hollywood people, you know, right. thrown in there. I respect that. I respect yeah. that too. So All respect right. on that name. Mm-hmm. So with that, Trav. Yep. Thank you so much for hey, producing anyway. our show. Being the Mark Wahlberg of our show. Oh, sh- <laughs> now I feel slighted. <laughs> You're the one that kept bringing them up. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, you can find Trav at our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And we would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellu for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar Pod and on Facebook at the Oscar Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. The almighty algorithm of what are we watching next week? And Zach, what are we watching next week? <laughs> Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Which you can rent on Amazon, Fubo TV, Google, Hulu, Vudu, and YouTube. Ooh. Oh, yeah. damn, it's not on Netflix anymore? Apparently not. Damn. It might, maybe like it is. I don't know. It wasn't when we, I Googled it. Every time we go to watch something, it's like just taken off. That's why I still believe in media. Owning it. I I do love physical media. 
All right. So uh, that leaves me with four. Crap. <laughs> Zach. And, uh, you know, Dabney Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> I love Dabney Coleman. Uh, that was funny. We would like for you all to have a damn fun day.